0: It's like winning a medal is great, but if I don't have anyone to bring that home to and share with
1: or share this journey with, I don't think that that's going to bring as much joy. That clip was from today's guest, Samantha, Sammy Schultz. Persistence in trusting the process of what got our guest today to where she is now. And she's been dreaming about the Olympics for years. So Sammy is a member of Team USA's Modern Pentathlon and is getting ready to head to Tokyo in a few weeks. So modern pentathlon is an awesome sport. I knew very little about it going into our interview and just hearing Sammy explain it and just how the fact that she is such a multi-disciplined athlete and how she trains and all that was just, I mean, inspiring on so many levels, but also just her outlook. And even as I was editing this episode – I think the thing that really struck for me and what hit a chord because it's where I am right now, she was talking about just getting outside of her comfort zone and how much sometimes we do need to get uncomfortable with life because if you're doing the same thing over and over again and we're not seeing a different result, like obviously then something is not working. So sometimes we need to see the change, we need to get outside our comfort zone, do something different. That we're not used to, and we will start seeing those results. So, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun chatting and catching up with Sammy. So, if you like it, please give us a rating and review five stars if you're on iTunes. And yeah, listen in, check out Instagram, it's behind the sweat pod. And yeah, here's my conversation with Sammy Schultz. Yes. Awesome. Well, Sammy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you with us today. Tell us a little bit, who are you and all the amazing things that you've going on?
0: Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, So my name is Sammy Schultz. I was born and raised in Littleton, Colorado. Um, I'm 29 years old. I I grew up doing a lot of different sports. Uh, I was kind of just, I mean, being a very active family in Colorado, uh, very grateful. My parents had me on skis the day before I was two and uh, we lived across the street from a pool. My mom was a swim coach. Uh, My dad was an avid hunter. So I was kind of like, oh, just get thrown into the pool, get taken on hunting trips. My mom played tennis. So we did tennis. Um, I think at one point I did dance, I did volleyball. I kind of tried it all and I was a little horse crazy girl, um, played soccer. So I loved to run and swim. Um, I loved horses and I knew how to hunt. So I didn't know at the time, kind of growing up, all these different sports. I didn't know anything about modern pentathlon. And um modern pentathlon consists of fencing, swimming, horseback riding, running, and shooting. And so over time, just, I always kind of was a mediocre athlete because I did so many different events and my mom signed me up for cross country and track in high school. And I really developed a passion for running and I was still swimming. Um, I had a horse at the time, so I stayed very busy, Uh, kept me out of trouble. (laughs) And I, yeah, we hunted, so I knew how to shoot. And then I learned about pentathlon in 2010. So I was a senior in high school. Uh, I was kind of just had my eyes set on graduating, running track and field, and this cool sport of pentathlon came about from someone I rode horses with. Her daughter did the sport, and they kind of just got me into it and I did a camp up at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, and I was like, "Oh, wow, like this has like four out of the five events that I already like really know and love how to do." So I just kind of dabbled my foot in it and got started with it. So like that diversity I had growing up really led me into all that fun, this amazing sport.
1: No, that is so amazing that because, you know, you didn't know it was preparing you for this future. And I guess back at that time when you were in high school and then looking towards college, did you think you wanted to be a pro athlete growing up? Like when you grew up or were you like having this other path and this kind of just you know, it was a new fork in the road and you took it.
0: When I was younger, I definitely, I, I loved skiing. I loved swimming and I always looked up to Olympians. I loved watching the Olympics and I was like, I want to go to the Olympics and swimming or skiing and always being a little kid. I was just very inspired by that. But I think when I got to high school, I kind of realized I wasn't really, I was always a mediocre athlete. I was like bottom of the tier on varsity. Um, I just I worked really hard. Every year I improved, but I never really was phenomenal. And I I did start working with a personal trainer. I just I had a lot of injuries. I had shin splints, my knees hurt. Um, and then I'd go from like running to swimming, so my shoulders would start hurting, and I just didn't really know much about kind of that maintenance or injury prevention or um how to fuel yourself properly. And I met this personal trainer and I started working with him my senior going into my senior year of high school and i really saw a difference it was just like i had someone kind of guide me and tell me what to do and he pushed me so hard um but like it was someone who believed in me not that my parents didn't believe in me but i feel like he just was able to direct me and his wife uh was into nutrition and pilates and so i got to know them not just as like a trainer but i felt like he was very he just really believed in me and helped me take that next step as an athlete. And I think that that, if I never would have met him and started working with him, I saw huge gains that next year. And it really took my training to the next level. So when I started pentathlon, I think that confidence that he had kind of built within me, if I never would have had that, I don't think I really would have ended up seeing this as a potential career, And I I mean, I was finishing up senior year, so I'm planning to go to college. I was going to go run cross country, but at the same time, I loved swimming and I loved horses and I didn't want to really stop doing those events. So having that opportunity to go train with the national team at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center that year, that when that opportunity opened up, uh, the coaches really thought I had potential after I did a couple of competitions and came down and trained, and I, by no means, was competing at the the elite level that I needed to. But they they were like, you have this potential, you have this great background, we want to help you. And I was enrolled in UCCS, CU Colorado Springs, at the time. And it kind of was like, like I think three weeks before I was supposed to leave to go to college in Grand Junction, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot at this. If it doesn't work out. Um, you know, a semester here, so I did night classes at UCCS and uh, gave it a shot and kind of took that leap of faith and ended up sticking with it. So it it really was like kind of a leap of faith, but I never really had it on the radar that I could ever be an Olympian or do Olympic sports just because I never really excelled to that high, high level, say, like Missy Franklin in high school. When I was a senior, she was a freshman, and she was just blowing everyone out of the water. Like, I was never that type of athlete. Um, So I really had to work my way up and stay really consistent with things. Um, But I think that's made me the athlete I am. And
1: I think that's a good point. I think consistency is something we hear over and over again from everyone, and that it's not just about natural-born talent. You need to be consistent. You need to show up. And in order to get to the elite levels, you have to be able to have the consistency to perform under pressure. All like on a regular basis, right?
0: And that consistency, it's gonna help you. So when you are under pressure, you know that you've worked hard enough to have that kind of sustain you, and like believe in that training. But that's part of it too, is that mental aspect. Like you can train all day, every day, and I was like going into Rio. I was so strong physically as an athlete, but mentally, I don't think I trusted my training. I didn't trust myself and my body to do what I had worked so hard for. So it kind of got in the way. And I think over time, you're just like, you have to believe in yourself, even if you don't have it from someone on the outside, but it can be really hard. It's a cutthroat world out there for a lot of athletes that you're trying to compete and get that Olympic spot or just compete for that top spot on varsity or anything.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's go, let's talk more about pentathlon and then let's circle back to Rio and 2016 and then we'll continue to move forward. But all right. So you have now senior year high school, you're you graduate high school, you're down in the springs, you're getting to pentathlon. How is all this working? How do you, like, this is a lot of events to train for, and, you know, how what, how is pentathlon scored and all that fun stuff?
0: Yes, so pentathlon, uh we start out with the fencing and the swimming events. Those can be interchangeable. The swimming is 200 meters Uh, So you're just, however fast you swim, you get a certain amount of points for that. And for the fencing, you fence every single person in the competition. So it's similar to um, like a do or die. So if you fence, you basically, one person gets a victory, one person gets a defeat, and you have one minute to get that touch. And so the more victories you get, the more points you get. And then after the fencing and swimming, you'll go to the riding event, and you get drawn a random horse and you get 20 minutes to arm up with that horse and then there's a jump course so it's it's stadium jumping you're just scored based on how fast you go as long as you don't knock any rails over so the clean if you have a clean course you'll have 300 points and anytime you have like a time deduction or, or you go over the time you'll get deducted points if you knock over a rail you get deducted points so it doesn't matter how it looks you just got to get her done and try to figure the horse out as quickly as possible um, to do that and the last event is the running and shooting combined so it's similar to a biathlon if you've ever seen the winter sport where they ski and shoot so we have running and shooting and we shoot a laser pistol Um, they switched that over time we used to shoot an air pistol but now we're in a stadium full of people so we just shoot laser and we have to hit five targets we run 800 meters And we do that four times. So you have a total of 20 hits on the target and two miles total. And the way they start the run, shoot event, they'll take the scores from fencing, swimming, and horseback riding, and they'll kind of like stagger the start based on whoever's in the lead after those three events will start at zero. And so say I was in second place and I was five points behind the leader, I would start five seconds back and so on and so forth for the other athletes. So your goal is to catch that person in front of you. And it's really exciting to watch. I think it's more exciting as an athlete, very high adrenaline. You're trying to catch that person. You're trying to shoot and then run and shoot and run. And if you finish first, you're essentially the winner. So it makes more sense when people are watching it. They've definitely adapted and had to change the sport around a little bit. It used to be more like decathlon or heptathlon on the track where you'd have all these different events and they're all scored separately and then put into a ranking. But with us, like when you see that last event, that person crosses the finish line and first they are the winner. And I, I really enjoy that. That's probably one of my favorite events and yeah, that's, <laughs> it
1: just sounds so much fun. So what's your training schedule? Like, like how do you train? How, you know, how often are you, training in each discipline
0: we're pretty much doing running and swimming every day or at least like five to six days a week kind of depending on where we're at in our programming I typically try to take Sundays off or do like a walk or yoga something easy but still stay moving and at least like for me my coach is usually like just sit like sit down and watch Netflix he's like don't do anything I'm like I can't I need to like go do more (laughs) and that's probably why I um, am a multi-sport athlete. But typically I would say like a Monday, we would do a fencing session in the morning. So you're either working one-on-one with a coach or doing bouting with other people and then go off to swim practice, have a break for lunch. And then in the afternoon, have some form of like a strength and conditioning and then a running uh, and shooting workout. And so that's like a typical day. You're doing at least like two workouts in the morning, two in the afternoon, Strength and conditioning, I try to do at least like three, two to three sessions a week that like two or more strength work, one's more agility and shooting is about twice a week. Uh, One of those can be mixed in with running. So we try to do one day separate and then one day with running, shooting, riding. Since I grew up riding, I usually only ride once a week uh, because it is a little bit further for us to get out there. And I do try to incorporate Pilates and yoga in there just to help with recovery, my breathing, just to kind of get things to slow down. Uh, but it definitely is a lot about time management, prioritizing, building out a schedule. And a lot of times that has to be adjusted based on uh, how you're feeling and all of the above with that. Just to be able to listen to my body as an athlete. Yes, riding once a week. Uh, since I grew up riding and it's a little bit further away for us that... Um, we don't get to do that quite as often and yeah, for us, like just being able to get on random horses, um, they're, they're different every day. So even though our, the riding coach that we have, she's out in Fountain, Colorado. So we'll just kind of, she has a couple different horses. So each time we go out, we get to ride a different horse every time it's fun. Uh, that's always kind of like a breath of fresh air for me and very more enjoyable brings me back to riding when I was younger. And then, yeah, I do try to incorporate yoga and Pilates uh, at least once a week, if not more. Um, I try to kind of making sure I get that recovery in is very important. Um, Definitely, I'm not 18 anymore. um, So my body is not recovered quite as quickly, (laughs) uh, which I am figuring out and just really trying to stay healthy. I think that's the biggest thing is just not pushing my body too much and really trying to listen to it more, train smarter, not harder, which... It, it that's a challenge
1: so let's go back to 2016 you have been working on the sport now for about six years right at that point and what was that looking towards rio for you
0: so i when i started the sport in 2010 um had the london olympics coming up in 2012 which I knew for me, I was like, this is a long shot. I'm probably not going to make the team, but it was really good experience just to see what an Olympic year was like, how competitive it was. And that was very helpful going into 2016. That definitely helped me. But in 2012, I also had a stress fracture in the neck of my femur. I found that I had a torn labrum in my hip and I competed on it. And I mean, it was manageable, but it just definitely wasn't comfortable. And I knew I had to get it taken care of. So I had surgery after that season was over. So I had to fix my uh, labral tear in my hip, rehab back from that. And that was a long recovery. Um, Running and swimming, I was able to come back. But the fencing, getting that rotation in my hip, that really took a while. And I came back strong, though. And I learned a lot more about my body Uh, which every time I was in sports medicine, I was always asking questions and trying to just learn more because I didn't ever want to be in that situation again, having to get surgery. And I I think it did help though. It kind of like took me back a little bit. I had to reset and really kind of get back to the fundamentals and moving forward. I was healthy. I was great. I was stronger than ever. And going forward to Rio, I, I had great results. Um, everything was going really well. I qualified, but there was two other U.S. women that qualified and were ahead of me, and I literally was right behind one of my teammates by just a few points. So that was really difficult, uh, kind of a pill to swallow. I had come back, and just that frustration. I think from I feel like I was being let down, and felt like I had failed. Essentially, I just let myself down. I let all those people down that really had supported me and helped me get to where I was. Um, But I continued to train for Rio as if I was going for that like 1% chance that I would get to compete. I was like, if I, I didn't want anything bad to happen to my teammates, but I was like, if I do get that opportunity, I'm gonna be ready. I'm I'm gonna compete hard. So I trained alongside everyone as a training partner and i still went to rio but i went more as a spectator so i didn't get to have that whole athlete experience going to the village and i got to experience an olympics as a spectator which was still really an amazing experience it was it was hard but i was also there and i got to support my teammates and so like win it was like a win-lose situation i was excited to be there but also um a little broken down but i did get to go to closing ceremonies And I still remember seeing all the athletes out on the field. And I was like, in four years, I'm going to be out on that field at closing ceremonies. I will do whatever it takes. And I think that was kind of that deciding factor that really kept the fire inside of me lit. And um, even with the pandemic over these past couple of years, that's kind of helped keep that drive that it's like, I want to have that as an athlete. And that's not the end all be all is going to the Olympics. Like a lot of it is that process and that journey, but like that is having that goal, um, that big goal, and all these little ones along the way um, is a part of that. And so as hard as it was, it's like everything does, as cliche as it sounds, everything happens for a reason. And um, I think that kind of kept that drive and that persistence in me going.
1: And I think that like you said, yes, you have that big goal, but it is that process of getting there and all that experience. And right now, you're building up that experience. So that when you do get to tokyo (laughs) that you have all this to this foundation that's strong and you're ready to take this on so what has obviously tokyo was postponed for a year and in this past year trainings look different competitions look different what are the lessons that you have really learned and why you know think that you're now this so, so strong and ready for tokyo
0: I, it definitely forced me to take a step back and look at, like, what's really important. Um, Having, like, my health, my family, those people that support me, my husband. Um, Thankfully, I got married uh, in September of 2019. So <laughs> thankfully, I got my wedding and everything done before the pandemic hit. And I was very fortunate enough to be living with my husband to have someone. I think just, I think, being alone during the pandemic had to have been so hard for a lot of people, And having that connection with him and uh, there was definitely times where he's like, why are you still training so hard? Like, why are you, like I would be in the living room hooking up my bands. I'd be on the bike or in the garage doing footwork for fencing. And he did suit up one time to try and help me do fencing, but I don't think he really enjoyed being a pin cushion. (laughs) So, um, but he was there to, I think, question me of like, why are you doing this? And he put those questions in my head of like, is this purposeful or are you trying to just kind of like deal with your emotions by training more? Like, is this a healthy way for you to, and he pushed me. He's like, I think you need to start talking to someone you need to start working with a therapist, someone who you can bounce ideas off of. And like, is this normal for you to be feeling this way? Something like a sports psychologist. And um, so I did start trying to work with someone in April or May of last year. And I think that's made a big difference of really just trying to make me more mindful, someone that can kind of keep me more accountable to getting better sleep, asking myself or my coaches too better questions on like, why am I doing this? And um, I am stubborn. So I really just like I loved I love to train and I love to push my body. And I think I, ha- I had to remember, like during COVID, it's like it's OK to slow down or to modify your training. And I was able to come back strong. Um, I did stuff to maintain, which I wasn't just going to sit around and be a couch potato. So I just found different ways to train. And I think that that was a little bit of a mental break. We get caught up into doing, I am very regimented and very routine. And it broke that away, which was challenging. But I also think too, I did establish somewhat of a routine to make sure I got up, I was training, I was still eating healthy, doing all the right things, but I had to modify my training. And for me, getting out of my head and doing something different took me out of my comfort zone and was like, oh, I can change things. I can do things differently. I don't have to just like keep doing the same thing because like you're not going to get different results if you just keep doing the same thing.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that is so made for an athlete at any level. Like I think no matter what you're doing, so many of us are, it is that routine. It is that regimen. We like it's like well on Saturdays I get up at this time I go on my long run I go do this and this is my schedule for the day and I can't do anything else and I can't be flexible and I even remember training for like my first two marathons being like well I can't go out on Friday nights anymore like sorry like I'm not gonna do this I'm because I have to get up early and I think if anything in the past year it did show us that we all can have more flexibility in our lives and sometimes those things that we think are going to you know hurt us which are going to make us happy and have fun are actually beneficial to whatever our long-term goals are, because sometimes it is the best workout you can do is just to relax and have fun. And that gives, energizes you for whatever's next.
0: Right. Putting all that pressure on yourself to do this and do this. And I can't go out. I can't. And it's like, yeah, like everything in moderation. And that was one thing. I never saw myself getting married uh, before an Olympics. And my husband really taught me, he's like, you can have, you can have both. You can be happy and you can have a life outside of your sport. And I think that actually helped me as an athlete and being in the army too. It's like, there's so much more than just like, I'm a pentathlete. It's like, no, I'm like a sister, a daughter, a wife. Um, I'm a friend and really trying to incorporate and cherish those relationships. And I think we saw that a lot in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's like, you miss seeing people. You miss having that face to face interaction with people, hugging people. And that's like a huge having that support system around you. If you don't cherish those relationships, it's like winning a medal is great. But if I don't have anyone to bring that home to and share with, or share this journey with, I don't think that that's going to bring as much joy. And it's taken a while to realize that and I still I'm still trying to balance things. And I don't know if I'll ever find that perfect balance of stuff. But I that's always going to be like a constant Work in progress, and I think everyone's it's going to change. Like if I, when I do eventually start having kids, like that's going to have to change. That mindset of where my energy goes is going to have mm-hmm. to change. It's not going towards myself anymore. Yeah. Um, and no, so that's think, a whole different. Yeah.
1: But I think that's so great because I think it has and I'm going into your sport because it's like the same thing that you said as you compete in a bunch of different disciplines and just like life there's a bunch of different things we need to do and sometimes we need to have these different things in order to hit that big thing and that big goal and make us complete and i think that's something that so many oftentimes especially probably us more as americans are like very we can do one thing at a time we put all our effort into one thing you can't be doing all these different things at once and i think that's something where we're taught that, but it's like you really can't do that. And like you said, we are even as a person, you are all different things to different people and you need to be able to be all those different things and that makes you who you are. Exactly. As a person and as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. No. So now, you know, we're coming up. What has this year been like? And now looking towards Tokyo, what are how are you training? What are you what are your goals for these games?
0: So, I mean, less than 100 days out at this point, and I mean, it's it's kind of getting more surreal um, and just getting more excited, uh, trying to just enjoy it and not put too much pressure on myself, like I had said before, and just kind of trust that the training and the base work that I've put in over time, uh, I'll definitely be trying to focus more on like that skills and just really... Uh, we did start kind of doing some periodization of like some four, four to five week, um, building up and then dropping back down. Cause I was the type of athlete. I was like, I'll just like rev my engine and keep it here until like things die out. And so having that regimen of going up and down, um, being able to, in my head, build up and then drop down, build up. And then we'll just kind of keep doing that until we get up to the games. I'll have nationals at the end of May. And then uh world championships will be in Egypt uh beginning of June, and that's the last competition before the Olympics. So we'll just be going to kind of try out things of our game our a game plan for fencing um running and swimming is pretty much there, so it's just gonna be kind of seeing do I need to incorporate more speed work, more endurance work, how do I feel and I think biggest priority would be to stay healthy. I was in a boot earlier this year, Uh, my plantar fasciitis acted up really bad, my foot was in so much pain, and I couldn't even run for probably about a month, and that was like, in my head, I was like, you are so, like, why did you do this to yourself, like, you knew you were in pain, why didn't you stop, why didn't you try to do, and I mean, there's all kinds of things, it's like, as an athlete, you think you're, like, invincible, and you can just push through things, but even me, I'm like, I'm not invincible, Um, I haven't had an injury like that in probably quite some time. And I just, I push too much and sometimes you want it so bad, but you have to just slow down. And thankfully I was able to get back on track. Um, I spent a lot of time on the bike, um, watched a lot of Netflix shows and just pedaled away and was able to keep that. Um, and my running came back and that's the thing. It's like, you have to remember as an athlete, sometimes taking that step back. Um, will make you stronger uh, because competing at 70% healthy isn't like it's not as good as you competing at 100% healthy and so I'm really trying to embrace that mindset of training smarter and not just harder uh, which is a challenge I just I'm that kind of athlete it's like I just go out there and I'll do it do it do it but I need to ask like why am I doing this is this serving a purpose is this going to help me get better so going up to Tokyo I'm really going to try to ask those questions to myself and just enjoy it more. Um, I get so, so serious sometimes and, I really just, I want to be able to go and have a good experience, um, have a good result, enjoy the process. And I am disappointed that they won't have spectators, but I also think that that probably is a good decision. Um, and just to be able to have an opportunity to compete at the games is I, I'm very grateful for that because they could have just completely canceled it outright.
1: When you're not training and competing, how are you spending your time? How are you having fun and enjoying Colorado Springs?
0: Uh, So I, my husband and I, we did buy a house last year um, with the way the housing market was. And so we did quite a few projects on our house. Um, We painted the whole thing, did the floors. And so we've been doing little projects here and there. kind of trying to make it a home. So that's definitely something that keeps us busy. Uh, I would say like just trying to do yoga, trying to get out, um, go check out like local places in the Springs, go support local, try and get together with friends, have barbecues. I mean, I have to be careful with that as well because I want to stay healthy and just abide by um, all the regulations and everything. But I have a lot of friends right now that are expecting uh, and so I really—that's very exciting for them. And so I'm trying to be there to support them, and they've been a part of my journey. So just trying to embrace those relationships along the way. Uh, my husband and I—we actually met dancing. So um,
1: wait okay. let's Talk about this story.
0: Yes, um, we met at the rodeo. Uh, we had some mutual friends, but the first time that we really like talked, uh, he came across the dance floor and asked me to dance. And this was in 2015. And then we had we just kind of went our separate ways. Uh, and I was training for the Olympics, of course, so I was like laser focused on that. And then a year later, I had run into him like a couple of other times uh, throughout that year. Uh, and then a year later, 2016, uh, I was at the rodeo again, and he came and found me and asked me to dance again and got my phone number that time. So I I mean, I just think God works in mysterious ways because 2015 I was so focused on trying to qualify for Rio and he had so much going on. So 2016, it was like I needed a friend. I needed someone to show me that there was more than more to life outside of an athlete world. And he would take me dancing and uh he we would two step and I think we tried some other kinds of dancing too. And for me it was so fun. It was a new experience and a new way to connect with someone and try something new, kind of get out of my comfort zone on something something else. And so it's been hard over covid, we haven't been able to go out dancing or do anything like that, but sometimes he does. If I'm having a rough day, he'll try to turn on some country music and we'll try to start dancing in the kitchen just to lighten the mood. And those little things just kind of remind you it's like, try not to take life so seriously. You got to just like Turn out Turn out the music, dance in the kitchen, um find fun things to enjoy. uh, so I definitely wanna get out and explore more of Colorado. We have a paddle board, and um summertime's always really fun to go out and do stuff like that, but unfortunately, it's kinda like like I said, my coach reminds me he's like you need to just like sit down and not do anything, um, but a lot of times I wanna go out and be active, so I'm looking forward to um like post Olympics being able to kind of try some more things. Um, maybe get more into Pilates and yoga, um, doing some of the paddleboard stuff. So we'll see. Hopefully.
1: It's so, and I mean, that's why we live in Colorado because we have all these things that we can do all the time and so much to do. Right, the right. list of things to do always mm-hmm. grows.
0: Yes. There's like endless lists of places to go and it'd be so fun to just take, yeah. get a camper and drive around, go visit national parks at some point um like opportunities are endless and i think there's so much out there to experience and i'm very blessed and lucky that um i've been able to grow up in such a a beautiful place and be able to stay here too.
1: It sounds like you just have this amazing community behind you that is supporting you and i think as an athlete that that's part of what you need. It's even though you're doing an individual sport, you still need a team around you and what do, do you have a piece of advice to other athletes, to younger athletes?
0: I would say not comparing yourself to others. Um, it's very challenging and it's hard, but I would say like having your own goals set up and being able to measure that and see like, okay, where am I succeeding? What's, what's improving um, or what can I improve? Like just looking at that for yourself and being able to be open with that, either with your coach or a significant other, someone, if you need someone to keep you accountable um, to like make those goals small and big so that you have something to track for yourself. And you're not just comparing it to like, oh, well, she's faster than me or she does something better than me. It's like, okay, well, am I getting better? Am I improving? And I think that community of support comes into that because if you don't have that community of support, you're going to have a hard time. If, if you have a day where you're struggling, you can reach out to someone or also too, if you're, I also, I love being able to help younger athletes, if they come to me with questions, because I feel like it kind of helps me tap into thinking of myself. I'm like, well, what did I do? Like, it makes you kind of think back on what you've had to improve or work on. And so developing that and being able to offer advice to the younger generation and help inspire them.
1: Sammy, thank you so much for taking the time today. This is so great to chat with you and get to know you better. And I'm so excited to watch you. (laughs) and. Where can our listeners follow along on your journey to Tokyo and through the games?
0: Uh It would be so wonderful. Just have people follow me on Instagram, uh, Samantha, a USA. And then I also have a YouTube channel, Sammy Schultz. And on there, I have some videos of what pentathlon competitions look like if people want to kind of see it all put together. And then I'm also trying to put together just some videos leading up to the Olympics. And I have some cooking, some workout videos on there too. Um, just to be able to offer some motivation or inspiration to people um, along the journey and help them feel a part of it. And I'm just a normal person like everyone else. And I'm goofy and weird and um, trying to just enjoy the journey.
1: So I'd love for people to follow along with that. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Thank you. And please connect with us. On Instagram at Behind the Sweatpot. And have an amazing Monday. See you next week.